0: Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church today. We hope this message blesses you. If you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at Now here's the message. Good morning. I want to challenge you to do something, which is hard to do when we when gather like this. I want you to be more in tune and aware of Jesus than me or them. I want you to be attentive to the Lord. I want you to be attentive to his touch, to his word, to his whisper. And I believe the kingdom of God's going to like come on some people. And you need to be aware that God is not an idea, a force, or a concept, he's a person. And so when we talk about him sometimes, we talk about him as if he's far away, but he's not, he's close. And we're going to talk today about the kingdom of God again and about the imminence of it, but also about this day that Jesus promised is coming, when he'll he'll bring the full consummation of it. But I want to do a thing, uh, which we don't do a lot, but it's the one task that I just love to teach people. If I said, hey, go spend time with Jesus, like forget what's going on, just you spend time with the Lord, what would you do? And now some of us would be like, well, I guess I got to go for a walk in the woods. Or you'd crack open your Bible. Or you would, I don't know, maybe you'd do one of these. I don't know. Would you, hmm, what would you do? And what's been lost in the church is we like to talk about God and forget that we can know him. And it's a, it's a process. And I've learned that spending time with the Lord, sometimes I open up the Bible And it just feels like I'm reading the Bible. And sometimes I open up the Bible and I feel like God on high is speaking to my soul. So I'm not saying there's any promises. I'm saying, as a people, can we just get in a place where we go, God, I want to be attentive to you. And open, open that he might touch you, change you, move you, convict you, save you, heal you. I can do this all day. Restore you. So if you could, can you just close your eyes? If you want to put your hands out like you're catching something, that's fine. And I just want you to get more attentive to God than you. More attentive to God than your circumstance. If God was going to speak to you, would you know it? Are you listening? And so Jesus, we intentionally turn to you. We intentionally stop. We want to know you. I want to know you. I love everything about you, Jesus. I love your voice. I love your touch. I love your presence. I love your church. I love your word. So I ask right now, Lord, that you would come in this room. And people that think you're far away, you'd show them how personal and close you are. I thank you that you are not a concept or a force. You're a person. I thank you that the gospel is not just the forgiveness of my sin, but sonship. So will you tell God you want to know him? Would you become attentive to him? If he was going to get your attention, what would it mean? What would it take? I thank you that you love every person in this room. That you knew they'd be in here. And I ask, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear your voice, that we would be more concerned with what you're doing than anything else. Teach us to be a people of your presence. Teach us what it means that the kingdom of God is in the midst of us. Teach us what it means to be full of the Spirit. Teach us what it means to be people of the Word, led by the Spirit of God. And would you draw every person in this room to deep intimacy? I'm not even going to say amen, because when we say amen, we hang up the phone. I'm just going to invite God to talk to you whenever he wants during this service, and if he starts talking to you, you could stop listening to me, okay? I'm really excited about the next few weeks. I get to preach to you today, and it really is an honor that I get to open up the Word of God, that I get to yell, I get to cry, I get to do what I do. Um, Next week, uh, one of our elders, Rich Jarvie, is going to proclaim the Word to you. I'm excited about that. And I think the week after that is is Easter. And the beauty is, uh, Jesus just doesn't come alive on Easter. Jesus is alive right now. And that when God's people gather in the name and under the name of Jesus, anything can happen. So when I say, like, you could get saved today, Jesus can save you. When I say you could get healed today, Jesus can heal you. When I say Jesus can restore or break anything, Jesus can do these things. Because when the church gathers, and historically the church has always understood, when we gather, God's presence is with us. But when you get a church that gets used to doing, we've sung our songs, we sing songs here. I don't know if you know that, if you've been here. A guy like me gets up and gives some polished words. We're gonna do that. I'm gonna preach the word to you. Uh, We get so used to our schedule, we can sometimes schedule God right out of it. I want you to be aware of what God is doing this whole day. So if in the middle of my speaking to you, you feel the weight of the presence of God, you forget me and you deal with him or let him deal with you, probably better. So in Luke 17 I'm gonna read a big chunk of scripture. I'm gonna ask you three questions, and then we're gonna celebrate communion, which is kind of a weighty, beautiful thing the church gets to do. I'll set it up this way, Um, and I didn't tell First Service this. I don't know why. Maybe I was embarrassed, but uh, I didn't know I was preaching this week till Monday. So, and then by, and I was on. Okay. So <laughs> I've lost all hope. Uh, so Monday, I'm on vacation. I get a phone call. Hey, I need you to preach. I was like, great. Normally, I prep these things. So Wednesday, I'm like stupid sick, like sick. Uh, it was bad. It was bad. Uh, I just did, was dead to the world, drove home. Um, this is going to sound really brutal, but then I had to do, a, you know, like a celebration of life for a five-year-old little girl. Uh, and Friday, I was prepping for apologetics last night. So I'm on my face last night at 9.30 on this rug, praying and worshiping with this drum. Why? I don't know. And I said, Lord, I, I know how to, thanks, bub. Hey, thanks. I know how to write a sermon. Like okay, they trained me how to write sermons. I don't want to give a sermon. I want to give a word from you. I want them to hear your voice. I want them to meet you, Jesus. I want them to literally feel like you've come into the room and you see their circumstance and you know their hearts and you know their troubles and that you want to save them or heal them or move them. That's what I, I want that, God. And I felt this, this cry of worship and I was praying for you all uh, and it came out of kind of this scripture, uh, the question I'm going to ask you. So if you want to know, no, I don't really have a whole lot of notes and normally I have a whole lot. So you might get something a little different today from me, but I do feel the Lord's in it. So in Luke 17, Jesus is being asked by the Pharisees about the kingdom. They always like to ask him questions. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Now, if we stop right there. I'm switching mics. Check. You have this reality that the Pharisees are looking at the king of the kingdom of God in the face. And they go, when's the kingdom coming? And the thing is, the kingdom of God has just been a fascination to me the last couple of weeks. I mean, we're told to pray these prayers. Our Father, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What does that mean? And if God's kingdom exploded in this room, I guarantee you we are not having service as usual. It just ain't happening. And so with the kingdom of God, you have the kingdom bringer. And why does he say, that, behold. The kingdom of God's right here in the midst of you it's close so if there's a clump of people it's kind of like kingdoms right is the what's it doing and why is the kingdom of God in the midst of them why who's standing there Jesus is and we've already talked about when the church gathers the Lord's presence is amongst them so behold the kingdom of God is in the midst of you and could break out at any moment but he continues because the kingdom, as far as we talked about last week, the kingdom of God is already, already Jesus defeated sin, tore the gates off hell itself, told Satan to shut his mouth, disarmed the rulers and the authorities and all the powers, and holds the keys of death, life, and all things. The one who was dead but now is living forevermore is our Jesus. So there's an already. Already sin has been defeated, but there's a not yet. You still have to fight sin, yes? Yes? So there isn't already hell has been defeated, but we still have to long for the day of heaven. Eh, Yeah? This is the already not yet. And so he, in a single story, goes, already the kingdom's right here in front of you because I'm here. But there's a day coming. Verse 22. And he said to the disciples, the days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look there, or look here. Do not go out or follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. They're gonna long for the days that Jesus was next to them. And then people are gonna come out and go, God, Jesus is in Bath, Indiana. Don't believe them. Don't believe them. You'll know when. Because he says, just as it was in the days of Noah, the day of the Lord, the day when Jesus returns. And everyone thinks it's far away, and I think some of us probably long for it to be a little farther away than it is. Some of us are like, can you give me 17 years so I can fool around a little bit? And in the days of Noah, you have Noah going, fear the Lord, honor God, start walking in holiness, and they go, flood? In the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, there's this warning that goes out, Lot is then left the city firefalls. They it was it was immediate, it was sudden, they weren't prepared. And then verse thirty one On that day let the one who's on the house talk with his goods in the house not come down to take them away, and likewise let the one who's in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife? She looked back. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you, that night there will be two in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. There will be two women grinding together. One will be taken and the other left. And they said to him, where, Lord? He said to them, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. The words of Jesus. Aren't those really clear? Where the vultures are, the corpses will be. That's like an emo death metal band. Like, I don't even know what that is, right? Right? But you have these, 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 these words of Jesus going, Behold, the kingdom's right here in front of you because I'm standing here. And then he goes, But there is a day when the Son of Man will come and he will it'll bring into fullness the kingdom of God. And everybody will know. And I have a question. It's the question Are you ready? It's the only one that matters. Are you ready for that day? Are you ready? And most of us were like, well, I got a few years. What if God tore it open right now? What if God called you right now? What if right now, like, and I don't like preachers that do this, but like, what if right now after church, you get in a car wreck and this is it? And what I've learned about the kingdom of God is most people don't outright reject the kingdom, they neglect it. Most people don't outright reject Jesus, they just neglect him. They ignore him. And they go, I got time. It's not that big of a deal. And I don't, want to re- I don't want to neglect, and I don't want to reject. I don't think anybody in here is like, I'm on team Satan. Are you? And if you are, weird. Let's talk. Jesus was way better, I promise. And more powerful. And anyway, we miss out on the kingdom of God, not most of the time because we reject him, but it's because we're just ignoring it. Because we don't want it. Because we want to build our tiny little kingdoms. So, if in in your mind, when I said, "Hey, do are you ready?" you said, "Yeah, I'm ready." I kind of have three things that really came out of last night on this carpet. Uh, Because all through the Bible, you see this idea of God realizing people are going to neglect His offer. So, there's a parable in the Bible called the parable of the master's party. Do you know this parable? The master of the house says, "I'm going to have a party. Go invite the guests." So one by one, the servants go out and they invite these guests of honor. And one by one, the guests say, I can't come. I gotta go sell a house. I can't come to the master's party. I gotta get married. I can't go to the master's party because I have, I got business. I got things I have to do. I'm not coming. So the servants come back to the master's house and they go, they can't come. And he gets a little ticked. And he says, fine, go invite the poor and the broken and the needy. They'll come. And then they go out and they invite the poor and the broken and the needy and they come to the party and it's still not enough. He says, fine, go out to the highways and the byways, invite them all. But then the people that were invited show up and he goes, I don't, who are you? I don't know you. So the kingdom of God, really, it's, we miss it so often because we neglect it. And we neglect not just the kingdom, but the king of the kingdom. So if you are ready... I want to challenge you with three attributes that as I study the New Testament church, they had almost constantly flowing out of them and in them and around them. And I want to do it with the mindset of, once again, I want you to be more aware of what God's doing than what I'm doing. Because behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Jesus loves to show up in the midst of his people. And as I look at scripture... For a people that say, yeah, we're ready. I'm ready for the coming of the Lord. I'm ready for the day of the Lord. Uh, The very first thing that I see we will have to have and want to have is one word, holiness. Now, as I talk about holiness, and this will be weird to some of you, uh, I really feel like there's physical actions if you feel God moving on you when we talk about these things that you could take to join God in doing that work. So as I talk about holiness, and maybe you made a really aware that you're not walking in holiness, I just want you to do a simple physical action. I want you to slip out of your seat and do this. And then you deal with God. Let God deal with you, okay? It's a way to say, I'm not just hearing the word, I'm doing it. I'm not just gonna participate in just taking something. I'm going to, Lord, I'm gonna give you my response. I wanna be holy. The Bible says in 1 Peter, as obedient children do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Who said that? God, Jesus, Yeshua, I'll go with any of those. What you got? God said that. You be holy, because I am holy, says the Lord. So Jesus Christ comes onto the earth and dies on the cross to make you what? Holy. And the Holy Spirit is bringing into churches these days the revival of holiness. There's a cleansing, there's a purifying, there's a, you're supposed to be holy. And here's why, without holiness, we won't see God. You won't see him. I mean, the blessed are the pure in heart for what? God. I want to see God with you. I want to see Him. I want to know Him. I don't want anybody on that day to go, I'm not ready. Time out. I wish I would have given you more. And you are called to holiness. You're not called to mess around with the world. You're not called to mess around with things that Jesus died for. You are called to holiness. And here's what I know you're hearing me say right now. Some of you are feeling this voice that's not the Lord go, I knew I was a sinner. I know I have to work harder. I guess I have to get back to work, me destroying sin, stop it. You need to come up for an almighty holy God. His solution to your wicked heart is the holiness of his son. And if you come to Jesus right now and you go, I'm not holy and I have not been pursuing holiness. Will you make me holy? Will you give me your righteousness for, in exchange for my wickedness? That is the cross. And there's power in it. But are you, and I'm talking to Christians. This is not a message for non-Christians. This is for the church. Are you fooling around with what Jesus died for? Are you lying? Are you embellishing the truth? When people ask you about what you've been doing, do you tell them fantastical tales to make yourself look better? You're cheating on your taxes. Are you lusting after women? Are the words of your mouth matching with the declaration of your heart that you belong to Jesus? And I, I, when I talk like this, I feel the weight of it, but this is what God does to me sometimes. He's like, do the weighty one. I'm like, I want to be the fun one. Do the weighty one. Holiness matters to God because Jesus died to secure it for you. So are you walking in holiness? And if right now you feel God putting his finger on something, let him put his finger on it. Let him call it out of you. Come to the Lord, because if he's doing that, it's because he loves you. I've noticed that in in the day and age we live in, we don't make a big deal about holiness because we up grace. Grace is real. Forgiveness is real. The love of God is for me. I feel his goodness, but I'll do this what I did last week. Anybody in here perfect? I'm asking, don't raise your hand. Anybody in here Perfect. Someone raised their hand last week, so they misunderstood the question. Nobody's perfect, right? So I'm not talking perfection. I'm talking, I look in the Old Testament. I look in the New Testament. I look in all through the saints of the early church and you know what they wanted to be? Holy. They wanted to be holy. They wanted to be pleasing to God. They wanted nothing on them that would be against the one that they said they belonged to. Nothing. Do you have that mindset among you? are you fooling around with the things you shouldn't be fooling around with? And today's the day to acknowledge those things, repent of them, and then change. Change how you think, change how you live. Holiness. So if we are ready, we will be increasingly holy. If we are ready for the day of the Lord, holiness will abound. The second thing. If we are ready, then we will be more concerned with spiritual things, not physical. Spiritual things, not physical things. I don't know if you know this, but the Bible makes it really clear. This isn't our home. That we're actually like like aliens and strangers in a foreign land. We're just visiting for a time, my home somewhere else. And so often what we do is we try to turn it into, well, God cares about my labradoodle, my white picket fence, and my test. I think God does care, do all things under the glory of God but there's a detachment the Lord wants to do for his people from this earth. And I think most of the time I see this concept fought uh, because we think something like, well, I don't want to be too heavenly minded to be no earthly good. I have never met a human being on the planet that lives that. Do you hear me? I've never met a human being that has been so heavenly minded they've lost all earthly efficacy. No, efficacy is not a word I use a lot, so whatever, Never lose yourself in the Son of God. The things of heaven outweigh the things of earth thousandfold. When you get there, you'll wish you gave more. And so as we look at spiritual things, not physical things, if you feel the call of God right now, I want you to forget about me more attentive to the Lord, and I want you to do a physical thing. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to look up. You're like, I can do that if I feel a call of God. Just if you feel God moving on you. As a sign to him, God, I want to look at spiritual things. In Colossians, it says, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So set your minds where? So we just read it at the beginning. There's a throne in the middle of heaven. Who's sitting on it? Jesus, set your minds there. Think about those things. And those things in heaven right now, they're singing 24-7 worship to a real man, to the man Jesus Christ who you say you belong to. Now, here's the thing. I said it already. Some of you are like, well, yeah, that's great, but that's like far away from me. I got a test on Monday. I got to make some money, man. I got to feed these kids. I don't think it's the neglect of those things. I just think in a 1,000 years, will you care about any of those things? I know what you will care about, the man on the throne. I know what I want, I wish I'd given more to you, the man on the throne. And so set your minds on things above, not on things on earth. I mean, 2 Corinthians 4.18 says it this way. We look not to the things that are seen, but to things that are unseen. The things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are temper, temper, eternal. So the things you can see, Labradoodles, 401Ks, houses, wives, walls, drywall, all of it. Just keep going. Razors. Circle K. Storks. Anything you can touch. Anything you can see is what? Temporary. All the stuff in your house is future yard sale material your kids will either waste it, burn it, or throw it away. Let's not be the people of God who belong to the kingdom of God and know the king of the kingdom who give our lives to basic, temporary things. So in your mindset, do you think about spiritual things or physical things? And a great way to tell is what do you daydream about? What's on the wheel? Is it business Now, business has to be done. I don't think business is bad. I mean, is it kids? I don't think kids are bad. Those are gifts from God, too. But what we don't understand is your work is actually spiritual. It's worship. Your kids are actually spiritual. Your marriage is actually spiritual. So spiritual things are physical things. And if we're ready, the more ready we are, the more holy we will be, and the more spiritually minded we will be. And then the third thing that I see in Scripture is not only will there be holiness just growing in us, we will be spiritually minded people because God's kingdom is spiritual, we will also have a personal relationship with Jesus. We will actually know the Son of God. This is my favorite topic. Everyone thinks I have multiple sermons. I have one, just one. That Jesus is better than anything on the earth. To know Jesus is to have eternal life. And I don't mean know about him. I don't wanna know a concept. I don't wanna know a force. I wanna know the man. I wanna be his best friend. So when I open the Bible in the morning, I'm reading a letter from my best friend about what he's like, about what he's done. And I think he's amazing. You know why we want you to read the Bible every day? Not so you can check off a quiet time. Not so you could be a good Christian kid so that the God of heaven and earth might encounter you change you and make you a kingdom bringer that's why i want you to read the bible every day i want you to know jesus like a friend john 15 15 no longer do i call you servants for the servant doesn't know what his master is doing but i have called you friends jesus looks at men on the earth looks them in the face and says you're not my servant you're my friend i want to be a friend of god i want you to be close to the lord And anything, if I could teach you, is God is knowable. You can know him. Not just memorize facts about him, not just do it in Greek so you can look cool at small group. You can actually know God. And it's the best news. And we glaze over it, and we neglect it, and then we wait, and then there will be a day where we won't be able to do anything about it. John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. That word, no, do you know what it means? No. so helpful, right? It means how I know you guys. I can talk to you, I know if you're in the room, I know when you're out of the room. I know when you're happy, some of you are unhappy right now. Uh, I know when you're sad, mad, tired. I can know the only God, in Jesus Christ whom He sent. He's a person, he's not a concept. And so I'll ask you, do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Do you have you come to him and given him your whole heart and whole life? Because when I read scripture, the story of the Bible is one of relationship with God. Did you know that? I've done this many times, but in the beginning, Adam and Eve are walking with God in the cool of the day. Anybody wanna walk with God? So this is the beginning. What God intended was that man and woman would walk with him and know him and talk with him and be friends with him, and be sons and daughters. And sin happens and breaks that whole thing off. But then throughout the Bible, God promises to Abraham and all the patriarchs and the prophets, he will make right what was broken. We will walk with him again. The temple and the tabernacle are foreshadowings of this, that God will dwell in the midst of his people and they will be with him. Jesus shows up. And you call, they call him Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus walks the earth looking at sinners, which is everybody in this room going, hey, I forgive you of your sin. The thing that happened in Genesis 3, that's the first one. The thing we're living in is just who we are. And he says, I'll take that off of you. I'll give you a new heart, and I'll fill you with my very spirit. Do you want to know me? Come follow me. This is the words of Jesus. And then Jesus dies a death on a cross and is buried for three days and rises from the dead, announcing that the thing that sin created, death, disease, war, all of it, has now been defeated by him. And if you come to him, you get life, but more than that, you get eternal life forever and restored into walking with him. Do you walk with God? Now, I can see what happened in the room. You started listening to me more. So once again, be more concerned about what God's doing right now. Be more concerned about what God's doing right now. God wants to call out holiness or unholiness in some of you. God wants to correct where your vision is this week. Some of you are consumed with worry about the earth. And some of you, he just wants to be your friend, man. You're his sons and daughters. I want to be friends with my kids. God wants to be friends with you. He wants a real relationship with you. Because the end thing he says in verse 33, whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will keep it. So some of us, we're trying so hard to build this life that we think will fulfill us. Good kids, nice grades, nice wife all that stuff, right? Whoever seeks to preserve his life will, oh, you're not, going, you're not going to talk to me anymore? Lose it? And whoever loses his life for the Son of God will what? Will gain it for eternity. The shocking thing that I read, the division in God's kingdom actually isn't between nations. So it's not like, oh, this nation over here, they're gods and this nation's not. It's not so much that, oh, we're in the church, so we're good and the people out of the church, they're bad. You know where the division is? He actually says it, right? Between families, between even two people laying in the same bed. Two people will be laying in the bed. One will be taken and one will be not. Two people will be grinding grain. One will be taken, one will be not. When the son of man returns... This is what will happen. So I can say it like this. Two will be at cobblestone. One will be taken and one will be not. I want you all to go. I love you all. Like, that's what I feel. Stop neglecting the son of God. Stop neglecting the kingdom of God. He brought it and he's the king of it. And he's ruling over this room right now. And he will bring holiness to your heart and your life. And if you're like, I can't get it off of me, Jesus can. And if you're like, I can't stop looking at the things of earth. Well, looking at Jesus just has this purifying effect on our vision. I can't stare at him and then go, man, I really just want to go look at the internet stuff. No, I can't because he's better than that. I don't want you to miss this. Don't neglect the son of God. Give him everything. Let's not be the people of God who belong to the kingdom of God that when he comes and inaugurates it, we go, man, I wish I would have given him more. I want to give him everything right now. Now, here's the thing that's really easy to say. That's hard to do. Yeah? That's hard to do. You're in a war. I don't know if you've, anyone told you that. They probably were just like, hey, you got saved. You said a prayer. No, you're in a war. Satan wants to destroy you. Your flesh actively wants to disobey God. Put to death your flesh, set your minds on things above, ask God to fill you with his holiness, and let's go build his kingdom. So here's what we're going to do. The Bible says, Behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And I gave you a few of the things that I felt like maybe you need to fall on your knees and repent. Maybe you're not walking in holiness. Without holiness, you won't see God. Maybe you're in here and you need to set your eyes on things that are above. Or maybe you're in here and you're like, man, I've never had a personal relationship with Jesus. You might have been a Christian a long time and not had a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm going to invite David up. I invited first service to call him Davey-poo. You can too. And I just want to go right back to where we started the day, which is more aware of God and less aware of us. He's real. Now, here's the thing. Everyone's like, well, I can't see him. You can't see him. But I tell you, if he shows up in this room, you will feel him. And he can speak. And he does touch people. And I just want to pray for those things. And you do what you feel led to do. Yeah, Lord, once again, I I thank you that you can work even after probably not the best message ever in my life. Well, we come to you, the living one, to Jesus Christ. I bring everybody in this room. You go to Jesus right now. Jesus can save you. And Lord, we just come to you and I ask for your holiness to fill this room. We think of holiness as like just a character trait, but it's actually who you are and when you come into a place, it's holy. Pray your holiness, God. The holy fear of the Lord and that by your spirit, you would put your finger on areas of our life that we are not holy as you are. And then just listen to the Lord. He loves you. And if you identify something, fall on your knees or confess it. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Jesus died to make you holy, through and through. If you've been pursuing unrighteousness or ungodliness, think you're stuck, ask God to give you a new heart. Confess your sin, repent of it, which means to turn and change how you think and how you act. But That doesn't start with new graphs of how to overcome sin, that starts with the Spirit of God transforming you. so that you would come and give us new eyes, spiritual eyes. We purposely set our eyes and our minds on things above right now. Things that are in heaven, not on earth. So if you've been struggling with what you look at or you've just been consumed with the things of earth, invite the Lord to change how you see. I want to know you. I want to be in a personal, living, breathing, walking, talking relationship with you. And if you're a Christian in this room and you've been missing Jesus, will you just tell him you want to know him? Would you cry out for him? Would you tell him you love him? And if you're not a Christian in this room, you've never come to Jesus and repented of your sin, it's really, really simple. He died a death you deserve and when you come to him you're acknowledging that you can't overcome your sin your unholiness but he did and you say Jesus will you give me your holiness for my unrighteousness would you make me a son or daughter would you fill me with your spirit I'm going to follow you the rest of my life not me and it's really that simple Thank you for joining us today. If you need prayer for anything, you can email us at prayer at cobblestonechurch.com or you can go on our website at www.cobblestonechurch.com and submit it there. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great week and God bless.